0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I join you today on Friday, February 28th, and we have a fantastic 10-game main slate to go over. Uh, Very excited to attack this 10-gamer after the uh, lousy 4-gamer from last night that just was really... A tough one to uh, try to navigate through. Uh, did not do that great last night. So like I said, we're always transparent here at DFS Coach Talk. And uh, without question, uh, it was a little bit of a tougher night. So we, uh, we go to six and two uh, so far since we've launched, which uh, I am very proud of and think is, is a, a good number to run with. Uh, my personal number is 56 and 23. So I do 23 is a lucky number. So hopefully that stays there on the loss side for a long time and we just build up, uh, build it up from there. So I uh, wanna give a quick shout out to my other two DFS pros, Micah Patria and Andrew Hansen. Um, they are both uh, doing their thing today. So I am gonna tackle this slate solo. Which uh, which is alright. I, I like that uh, it allows me to stay very organic with my thinking and uh, not get swayed to good guys. But it also hurts on the other side because uh, sometimes I get swayed to great guys and I love uh, both of those guys' input. So uh, definitely much, much prefer when I do the, the show with Mike or with Andrew. But today you get me. So we're going to go for it. I've got, I know Mike uh, and I are doing the Saturday, Sunday show uh, and then uh, jumping back in with Andrew um, next week. So uh, good stuff. Uh, Real quickly, you know, look us up at dfscoachtalk.com. That's our website. Um, You can also catch us on Twitter at dfscoachtalk and uh you know if you if you check out our website and you like our podcasts and you want to take it to the next level of winning uh subscribe on there and jump into the mix uh we'll uh uh, my man leighton there will send you an email out give you the discord connect uh, so you can jump in there with us our discord is fantastic uh brett and the team do a great job it's got constant updates. You can watch streaming games, uh, all that kind of stuff on top of just having the opportunity to bounce stuff off the pros and the rest of the, uh, the staff uh, from Coach Talk. So uh, it's great stuff. We'd love to have you. We, Like I say, we're 6-2 and two, uh, after our first eight days. Hopefully go to 7-2 and two today. That's the plan. And I do like the slate way better than yesterday, so I'm excited about that and uh so join in it's great stuff and and we have a lot of fun with it and uh you know i think we bring some of the best knowledge and you know different look to our entire lineup builds uh you know which we will uh put out there 30 minutes before lock on the discord so you know again you're getting builds from me on the cash side and uh, tonight Mike will be uh, doing the GPPs as he will this weekend and then uh, next week during the week Andrew supplies the GPPs uh, and I stick with the cash and what it does is we you know we organically build them none of us uh, you know the the culture here at at DFS Coach Talk is you know and this is not negative at all against anybody that does this because I think that there's a great great Uh, plus in doing that, depending on the type of contests that you're entering. But we don't do any crunchers or optimizers. We build everything by hand. We go through it and we factor all kinds of things in to the mix that I think are a little unique to anybody else in the industry. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, monitoring coach talk and the beat writers and all the information that comes in and then watching the games. I mean, we just... Uh, spend tons of times watching the games let you know see the body language see who looks in shape or who's looking like they're playing hurt or who's in the coach's doghouse all those little pieces that a box score or, or any statistic does not tell you uh we are factoring all of that in uh very strongly to uh what we're putting out there uh that, that real smoking hot streak we, we had that first three or four days, a lot of it was due to something I picked up on uh, myself, which was uh, just the, the large amount of first-time All-Stars this year and watching the, them come out of that, the very first game with Bam Adebayo, he just, that level of confidence, you know, the, the I belong and one of the best players in the league type of attitudes, he just brought that back with him to from the All Star game, so I thought that was uh, fantastic. And and you know what we did was we fed off of that with uh, the other guys like like Trey Young and you know guys that were coming out of their first All Star games and and just bringing that experience and feel back to their teams and, uh, you know, the Pascal C. Occams and uh, Lucas, etc. So, uh, it was a great, uh, you know, piece that we utilized in doing our handicapping, and it's something that uh, most people were not. So, we look at those type of things to be big, big differentiators for us, and, uh, I mean, it's a blast. It really is. It's a lot of fun. I've I've done a lot of coaching through my years, uh, you know, at a pretty high level. So, you know, taking that knowledge of, you know, scouting and recruiting and all that, look, knowing what to look for, because uh, sometimes, the, you know, that makes all the difference when you're preparing uh, or trying to bring uh, players to your team. And uh, I utilize that almost identically uh, in this aspect with, you know, how I'm watching the NBA games, you know, just as if I was building uh, my own real-life team. So, uh And I know Andrew and Mike do similar. So very exciting stuff. Uh, Let's get started. I'm going to throw a couple of things in the mix. I know it's going to be somewhat of a long show today because we have uh, 10 games, but we also have a large uh, player news uh, slate that I've got to go over here with a ton of guys on it. But again, you know, those that don't think going over the injury report with the player news like that uh, aren't thinking about it the right way because... That's going to have an effect tremendously on the whole slate. You know, the guys that are 50-50 uh, questionable, that is a big, uh, you know, uh, issue. And it's going to affect how you, you put everything together. So, okay, let's let's fire up that list and uh, then we'll go through the games and, and a couple of other things I want to uh, add to the mix today. All right, first guy, Damian Jones for Atlanta is in, so he's back. He'll take some of that uh, center play back away from uh, uh, Fernando and the the other big guys there because Dwayne Dedman's still out. Kevin Herter's back. Trey Young is confirmed in, which is good. Earlier this morning, he was questionable. Here's one of the big pieces of news that we have to follow throughout the afternoon, and that's De'Aaron Fox is 50-50 questionable. Uh, Kyle Korver is out. Alfonso McKinney out. Sekou Dumbuyu is 75% probable for Detroit. Uh, This one's important. Bruce Brown questionable, 50-50 for the Pistons. Uh, That makes a difference on both sides of the ball because he's a shutdown defender as well. So we need to keep our eyes on that. Uh, Giannis is 75%. He is probable to play. Uh, here's some guys we know that are out. Andre Drummond for Cleveland. That's big news. That changes the, the you know moves the needle on all three guys really for Cleveland in uh, in Nance and Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Who I'm not playing Kevin Love anymore. But those three guys uh, are affected by the Drum Drummond being out. Kenrish Williams remains out he's sort of out of that rotation is what he's out of too Patrick McCaw probable this one is definitely impactful Serge Ibaka questionable 50-50 we need to know that news because we know um, Marcus Gasol's still out and if if Ibaka does not play that really fires up two guys with the on the Toronto side and that's ronda hollis jefferson and chris boucher they both become in play uh bam out is 75 percent probable uh here's a somewhat an important one luka Doncic 50 50 with a sprained thumb not sure if he's gonna play or not uh we already know brunson is sidelined so if for some reason luka does not play i, I can't believe i'm saying this in 2020 but I may go after J.J. J. Barea. Isn't that nuts? Uh, it is what it is. You never know. You know, that's the, the cool thing about DFS, and we talk about it every day. It's like, you know, who are our two key guys today? Oh, my God, it's Chris Boucher and J.J. Berea. I mean, you never think it's going to come to stuff like that. But based on the news, it, it can. It just it's amazing how it falls out. All right, DeAndre, DeAndre Bembry is still out. Wilson Chandler is back for Brooklyn. Alan Crabb out. Uh, Kelly Oubre out. We already know Mark Gasol and Dwayne Dedman are out. Norman Powell, important, 50-50, uh, questionable. That definitely changes the rotation a little bit for Toronto. Uh, it also affects maybe a few extra couple minutes for guys like Van Vliet and Lowry uh, in that rotation. Um, but we'll have to take a, a listen and see what happens there. And then we know Willie Cauley-Stein uh, is out as well. Okay, a little something extra I'm going to throw in there today. and I know I'm choosing to do it on a 10-game slate, but I think it's important. And, you know, I have a list of about 14 uh things that i check off as i'm doing my preparation again it takes me five six hours minimum to prepare for a slate uh well you know when it's a i'd say about an eight or nine game slate uh that's the norm when it's a smaller slate a little less when it's a larger slate like this a little bit more but you know one of those things that i look at and i love this uh it just reminds me constantly. keep targeting specific positions, I like to look at the defensive rankings per position by uh, the top teams and bottom teams so you know who to target or who to steer away from. So I'm going to go through the the top five or so and bottom five or so at the five positions so that, you know, uh, we know who to attack and who to uh, not tried to challenge. Uh, point guard position, as you know, one of my favorite things right off the bat here. You know, I love, love to play guards against Cleveland. Well, the stats tell the truth. Cleveland's the worst against point guards in the league. Golden State is second, Portland third. Old Dame does not defend, even though he's an awesome offensive player. Pelicans fourth and Wizards fifth. Um, so, definitely spots we can go after the five best against point guards that we don't want to mess with the bulls are the best then the celtics miami heat philadelphia 76ers and toronto raptors so kyle lowry's playing some d this year really getting it done shut down he takes a ton of charges too i think he leads the league in charges right now uh, actually um And so those are the teams, and no surprises there on who we want to avoid. From the shooting guard side, bottom uh, five, I'll say six because it includes my team that I always go against. Uh, The Wizards are the worst. So we knew that. Beal ranks 65th out of 65 uh, as a shooting guard defender. So that's a runaway. It's not even close. I mean, it's, it's a big gap. So the Wizards are last, then Golden State then Memphis, believe it or not, which doesn't make sense because everybody thinks Brooks is such a good defender, but they're third worst. Houston Rockets, Mr. James Harden, and then Atlanta Hawks, and then right below them is Cleveland Cavaliers. So, again, play the guards against the Cavs. It always <clears throat> it's made a, a boatload of money for me this year. Here's the five to avoid uh, against shooting guards. Sixers are the best. Lakers denver nuggets oklahoma city thunder and the detroit pistons because of uh mr brown so that that all makes sense as well uh let's go to the uh, small forward position the best defensively uh i'm sorry the worst defensively you've got the hawks cleveland cavaliers again the dallas mavericks not guarding the small forward position well at all I don't know if that falls on Finney Smith or Luka or whom, but not good. Toronto Raptors fourth, so if you're going to attack the Raptors, it's at the small forward position, and then the T-Wolves are fifth worst. The five best against small forwards are the Indiana Pacers, the Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Utah Jazz. So, Uh, Pretty good theme of who's the best defensive teams and worst, and and the positional uh, backs it up. Okay, five worst against the power forward position. Welcome back to the NBA, Carmelo Anthony, Golden State's dead last. Then we've got the Chicago Bulls, Atlanta Hawks, who seem to be on the list in every uh, position. Charlotte Hornets, uh, P.J. Washington, not a good defender. Memphis Grizzlies, fifth. So either Triple J or that crew's not getting it done on the defensive end. Uh, the five to avoid, Sacramento Kings. That's a surprise. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, LA Lakers, that's AD. Philadelphia, um, so Horford, when he's in there, is a good defender. We knew that. And uh, Sabonis and the Pacers are fifth best. So not only that's why he's an all-star. Not only is he scoring, he's defending. And lastly, centers, worst defense in the league against centers, Atlanta. I don't know how Atlanta doesn't give up uh, at 200 points a game. I think they made all five lists of the five worst. Charlotte, second to worst. Brooklyn, Washington Wizards, and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Those are the five worst against uh, centers defensively in the league. The five best are Vuk and the Magic. Embiid and the Sixers, and then sort of the trio of McGee, Howard, and Davis for the Lakers, the Raptors of uh, Gasol and Ibaka and Boucher, and then, believe it or not, the New York Knickerbockers with Mitchell Robinson, uh, Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, and that fun gang of defenders. All right, I want to give you that little feel for a point of reference. That's one of the things on my checklist every day that i go over so uh that'll give you a little bit of an idea and i'll i'll share one of those uh you know a couple of those a week uh you know usage will go over this weekend that's another big one uh that that is important to me um all right uh let's roll we got a lot of games to go over so we've got the first we've got a seven o'clock game one single game at seven uh, out of the ten games, which is definitely different. So that's the only game that we're actually going to know lineups for sure, and have all the news. It's uh, Minnesota at Orlando. Orlando's a seven and a half point favorite. The over/under is two thirty-three and a half. Implied total for Orlando is one twenty and a half, and Minnesota one thirteen. As far as pace of play, Minnesota seventh fastest in the league. So it's a pace up game for Orlando. Orlando twenty eighth. So a big pace down game for Minnesota. As far as team defensive efficiency, Minnesota's twentieth. They have continued to slip. Orlando is ninth. They've remained in the top ten the majority of the year. Um, so how do you look at this game? Well, it's interesting. You know, it, Minnesota has been such a different looking squad with you know with Cat. Uh, out and Wiggins gone. You know, D'Angelo Russell has been uh, getting some decent usage. Um, Not crazy about him in this matchup against Orlando. Um, I do like uh, a little bit Beasley. I think Beasley is a nice play. Um, You know, since he's come over in that trade from Denver, he's done a nice job. And Fournier's not the best defender at that position. Uh, if he guards them, at de- you know, they, they've been shifting around matchups uh, a little bit, and they're sort of hard to predict sometimes. But Orlando is a good, solid team defensive team. So uh, maybe a little Malik Beasley. Um, and, you know, I'm not going with any of the bigs because uh, Vuk's too strong in there. Uh, and that's it on the Minnesota side for me. You know, I think Orlando, Vuk's got to be in your player pool of, of possible guys to play. This is a good matchup on a great pace up game. Uh, Minnesota rotating a bunch of centers. Um, and, and I just think Vuk has to be, you know, of some interest, as well as Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's had a few monster games recently. He's really done a great job, uh, you know, just running together dunks and steals and the whole nine yards. So the two bigs for Orlando are in play for me. I don't really want to mess with any of the guards uh, with that rotation of, you know, really Fultz and Augustine and Michael Carter-Williams and, and uh, you know, the gunner off the bench. Uh, they just, they're, they're getting a lot of shots up but they're all splitting usage, splitting time, and uh, just, you know, Ross is who I was trying to think of. But, yeah, all those guys are going to get minutes and just not enough for me to roster on a 10-game slate. All right, game two, 7.30 game. It's Brooklyn at Atlanta. Um, oh, I forgot to mention in this last game, Minnesota's not on a back-to-back. Orlando's on the first night of a back-to-back. So will that affect luke and Gordon minutes wise. They're getting prepared for a back-to-back uh tomorrow night against uh San Antonio. So I don't know. It's uh that's something you have to maybe we'll have to dig into a little bit more. I'll do some more research on when they played back-to-backs this year. Uh you can easily look those up uh at NBA.com and see if that affects uh much of their minutes. Um it's a home game, and then tomorrow they're a road game in San Antonio. So it's not like a back-to-back road games, which has a tendency to be the toughest uh, statistically on NBA players when they're both road games. Um, so wanted to mention that. And then that brings me to this this Brooklyn-Atlanta game. Both teams are on a f- uh, the first game of a back-to-back. They both play tomorrow. Uh, Both of Atlantas are at home, so that helps them a little bit. But both of Brooklyns are on the road, so that's a definitely red flag on the Brooklyn side. Plus, they're playing Miami tomorrow, which is a tough matchup. Um, So that's definitely a concern. Regardless of all of that, uh, Brooklyn is actually a three-point favorite here on the road at Atlanta. The total is a nice, healthy, second-highest on the board... 235 and a half, 116 and a half implied for Atlanta and 119 for Brooklyn. Um, you know, from the Brooklyn side, obviously Spencer dinwiddie is going to be high on my list. Uh getting Trey Young defense, uh pace up game cuz Brooklyn's up 10th in the league in pace, Atlanta 4th, which is exciting because you know, guys like Dinwiddie and Trey Young, they're going to get up shots, they're going to be moving faster. Getting more possessions and defensively, Brooklyn has been good. They're seventh in the league. Atlanta, very bad, third to worst at twenty-eighth. So, you know, you can certainly look at multiple guys from Brooklyn. I just, you know, there are a lot of chances to not, you know, hit the jackpot with the combination of guys like, you know, Prince and and uh, uh, Allen. And Jordan and guys like that. I, I think you just have to look at the two main players here for Brooklyn, and that's Dinwiddie and Lavert. You know, with Kyrie being out uh, now for the season, those two are definitely one going to be one two in uh, usage right now. Dinwiddie is is first by quite a bit of a margin, but Lavert is coming on, so I'm going to be looking at both of those guys in some of my builds uh, for sure. Um, on the Atlanta side, Brooklyn does play decent defense, but, you know, again, with the pace, I think you got to consider Trey Young. Um, I'm not going to spend up on John Collins. There's too many good players on this slate. I don't want to take a risk of a herder or reddish or hunter. Just too much option to uh, break your, uh, uh, in a negative way, break your... Um, we go to the third game on the board. It's also a 730 game. It's the Charlotte Hornets at the Toronto Raptors. This game sort of stinks, to put it lightly. Lowest number on the board. It blowout Mania. Toronto is a 14 point favorite. The, the total's 215. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time here at all. Um, but there are a few things that need to be mentioned. Um, Toronto has a 114 and a half uh, implied total. Charlotte, 100 and a half. Charlotte is the slowest team in the league. Lowest pace, last. Toronto is 13th. So yes, it is a pace-up game for Charlotte, but all games are pace-up games for Charlotte. So nothing earth-shattering there. Charlotte, however is 24th in the league defensively which is lousy so that does bring uh, some Toronto guys in play even with the low total Uh, Toronto has the second best defense in the league which just stifles uh, Charlotte here all the way around I'm not going to spend more than 10 seconds on Charlotte I don't like any of them Um, you know I don't trust the guards against this you know this backcourt of Toronto The bigs are all rotating around now that Biombo and Zeller are splitting. Um, Just way, way too tough of a matchup. Way too many uh, blowout potential here. For Toronto, really all I want to mention is if Ibaka does get ruled out, like I mentioned when we went through the injuries, you've got to consider Boucher because he can put up a ton of stats in a short time. Uh, However, it's definitely more of a GPP play than cash because it's risky. He can be great or he could be terrible. So, you know, you got to take a look there. I wouldn't even consider him if Abaka's playing. Same thing with Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He's had some strong games when both Gasol and Abaka have been out, uh, and he becomes somebody that you have to consider. As far as the main players go, you know, I, I wouldn't wouldn't say you're crazy if you did uh, roster a Lowry, Van Vliet, or Siakam. I'm not going to tonight because I don't want to pay up for those guys in uh, a slow-paced game that I think is going to blow out. I'll be, I'm will just way too nervous that those main guys are going to lose minutes, and it's not worth the risk. All right, game four, Dallas Mavericks at the Miami Heat. Um, it is the first game of a doubleheader, or doubleheader, ba- baseball. Let's go, play ball. Uh, first uh, night of a back-to-back for Miami. Uh, they play tonight at home, and they play tomorrow at home. It seems like they're home every day. I don't. I, I'd love to look at their schedule. I guarantee you, they have a bunch of road games coming because they're home. They've been home like for the last two weeks. It feels like um, the again. Miami is a three and a half point favorite. That line is going to move one way or the other once we find out if Luke is going to play or not. That's certainly going to shift everything in this game. So this is one of those games I'll just briefly go over, but we have to check back because it changes everything in the whole dynamics of the game, whether Luka plays or not. The total is 228.5 implied for Miami, 116, Dallas 112.5. As far as pace, nothing to write home about here, Dallas 19th, Miami 26th, so that's not exciting. As far as defense, they're decent da- uh, Dallas 17th so close to middle of the pack Miami 12th a little bit better than middle of the pack so not a game I'm going to target uh unless Luca's ruled out um if Luca's ruled in it's not going to affect me playing Luka I'm not going to play him against Butler defense and uh the way that uh Spolstra defends good players just too tough um but it would affect me as far as rostering some Dallas guys if sits. Again, like I said, J.J. Barea, uh becomes interesting. Porzingis uh, becomes interesting. And, uh, you know, possibly even uh, may want to go to uh, uh, an ancillary guy uh, in Kleba uh, being uh, also an option. But, again, that all has to do with Luka News. If Luka plays... Uh, i'm not playing any mavericks real simple miami uh on their side of the ball though a couple of things i think uh jimmy butler is rested he's back i expect him to play decent minutes i think he'll do well um dallas has not done well against centers they have not had cauley stein he's been out for personal reasons for uh, the week and they have not been p- using bobon much um And so, therefore, I think Bam is a fantastic play. He is expensive. I get that. And uh, his ownership will probably be pretty high. But I I think Bam is is fully in play in this game uh, as well as Butler. I think uh, the two big dogs, uh, I think both can get a a roster spot. Um, They still do have a few guys out. So, you're getting a little bit more run from guys like Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson and Derek Jones Jr., but on a 10-game slate, I don't want to stoop to that next level down and uh, risk taking a 15 or 16 uh, fantasy points if one of them have an off game. Okay, I think I mentioned Miami's uh, implied totals 116 and Dallas 112.5. All right, next game, 8 o'clock game again. There are four 8 o'clock games Eastern games, which is interesting. Uh, they're all starting just a little past regular time. We've got the Sacramento Kings at the Memphis Grizzlies, and uh, double thing here to consider. Memphis is on a first night of a back-to-back, um, where they're playing both games at home. Sacramento's on the second night of a back-to-back. So, you know, we followed how that game went yesterday. We know guys got dinged up. We know they're shorthanded. Um uh and so that you know that brings, brings a whole different slant to this game. Um the Grizz as of now are only three and a half point favorites and it's a 226 and a half total. Implied for Memphis is one fifteen, implied for Sacramento 111.5. As far as pace of play, you got Sacramento at 25, and you have Memphis at six. Uh Sacramento defensively is eighteenth and the Grizzlies are 19th so very interesting uh you know I enjoyed Coach Jenkins this summer a lot at the NBA Summer League and I you know they won it and it was you know he actually coached them and he's because he's a first year head coach there um and I, I just had went back to listen to some of his uh recent interviews just talking about the progression of the team and you know I want to see the dynamics of how he's looking at things with Triple J out and Clark been injured and they've at times had Joe Val on on limits restriction and at times have had even Ja Morant so I pulled one clip I wanted to share with you guys just to you know get a little feel for who Coach Jenkins is what he's thinking about how he's planning on running his team you know it was it was a huge advantage for me in fantasy in the Preseason and then the first like two or three weeks of the regular season, because everybody for the last four years or five years even has looked at Memphis Grizzlies as a slow down, grinded out, good defensive team, low total, all those things. So everybody was like predisposed to say Grizzlies, uh, you know, and they just you had a bad taste there. And I knew from watching the summer league how they won that summer league was with speed. They gave the ball to Jaw they said push it all the young guys go uh you know we're running full speed uh on breaks looking to transition etc and that's why they're they're ranked right now sixth in pace in the league so you know the cat's out of the bag now everybody knows that they're a completely different squad as far as that goes so it's not as advantageous to know that but just to tap into one of the newer coaches minds on some thoughts of his team a couple of players things like that so here's Here's a little take uh from Coach Jenkins from the Grizzlies. About how effective Moran has been oh, yeah. hey, can you talk to kicking also how he's been for you guys. What's been he, impressive
1: for him? I mean I think the most impressive thing with him is uh he just gets better steadily, you know, uh game after game, uh month after month. Um you know, we knew when he came into the league, we we're going to have this dynamic playmaker. Obviously, our offense, you know, we're going to be a team that plays a great pace and space. I think he's really embraced that. He's kind of led the charge for us. You know, the assist totals, his, you know, paint finishing, but also now he's starting to shoot the three ball a little bit better. You know, close to a 40%, you know, three-point shooter. He's shooting it with more confidence. You know, getting better defensively. Um, it's a kid that gets better every single day, and that's what I enjoy about, you know, working with him. Super Bowl uh, coachable kid, um, in a short amount of time, he's learned so much, and now you see, you know, teams are throwing a lot out, you know, he's probably at the top of, you know, opponent's scouting reports, he's seen different coverages throughout any given single game, different matchups, uh, he's having to learn on the fly, and I think from a game-to-game standpoint, he really, you know, dives into, you know, how teams are covering him and how he can be effective, not just as a scorer, but as also a playmaker, a guy that racks up a lot of assists for us.
0: Okay, interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, Definitely a team on the rise. I'd like to be a, too bad I'm not a Grizzlies fan. Um, all right, that game. Memphis is a three-and-a-half point favorite over the Kings. Um, 226 and a half is that number. So let's, you know, how do we want to attack this game? Implied total 115 for Memphis, 111 and a half Sacramento. Uh, are the back-to-backs going to affect some of these teams? I think we see a little bit of a... Uh, Trying to baby somewhat of the Memphis players and Joe Val, so I I see a little bit of a possibility of a minutes reduction for some of the key players for Memphis. On the Sacramento side, you know they're splitting minutes. I'm not sure what Luke Walton's doing there. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but you know I think they'll their main guys will probably get their their full run. Uh, 25th and pace Sacramento, like I said, and Memphis sixth. And defensively, 18th and 19th, uh, Sacramento and Memphis, respectively. So there will be some points in this game. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this game. I know it, it, there's going to be a lot of people go here uh, for some people. But, you know, I guess you can consider, you know, if you want to go to Joe Val, I can understand it because of the other two bigs for Memphis being banged up. And, you know, he should get a lot of run in there and get a lot of the rebounds. Uh, I think he'll be in my player pool. Um, on the Sacramento side, you know, Corey Joseph is a cheap option. If, you know, with, if Fox is out and Joseph's the, the main point guard, uh, he usually does a decent job. He's backed up uh, by Yogi Farrell. So he's going to get a solid amount of minutes if Fox uh, does not play. Um, other than that, you know, uh, Alex Len looked really good uh, last night, which was surprising. People, I had forgotten he even went there, but you know, Len's one of those guys. He's an odd guy, man. He he can throw 35 fantasy points at min salary just like nothing, and the next game have two. So GPP play for sure, but I wanted to mention to him, uh, mention him, especially since it does take some minutes away from Giles as well so not one of my favorite games on the slate that's for sure all right let's go to the another eight o'clock game that's the repetitive uh, game time tonight Uh, this should be a fun one to watch Um, Oklahoma City at Milwaukee Uh, Oklahoma City is on the second night of a back-to-back you know they have a lot of young guys and people I don't think this will affect at all it's a it's a hepped up game because it's at milwaukee so i'm not really expecting donovan to uh, restrict minutes uh... unless they get blown out if if they do get blown out i can see him pulling the plug pretty quickly and yanking the chris paul's and and uh... shays and adams out of the game um, milwaukee isn't on either side of a back-to-back so a big advantage for them and they're at home uh, it's a 231 total, which is very fair. Uh, the concern is Milwaukee's favored by 11. So you got a double digit here. Um, I just have a sense more that, that the Thunder keep this a little closer. Uh, and I think this might be a decent game. Uh, the implied total for Milwaukee is 121. That's healthy. And the Thunder is 111. The Thunder, is the 23rd pace team, Milwaukee Bucks first. So, major, major uh, pace up for the Thunder, which is a plus uh, for their side. Defensively, though, this is where the red flag comes in on this game. The Thunder are a solid 11th, and Milwaukee's number one. So, you know, where they the pace is increased for the Thunder, uh, this is the best defense in the NBA. So, You know, implied total 121 for Milwaukee. You know, is this a Giannis game is the question. You know, he's 75%. He's probable. If the game doesn't blow out, he is due for one of those Giannis 70-point fantasy nights. I know he's super expensive on a huge slate like this. I sort of like the fact that he just has a little tag on him. Even if it is probable, it might scare somebody off of him. I just think with the Thunder on the second night of a back-to-back and having to travel to Milwaukee, and I don't believe the game blows out. That's the way I'm going to predict it. I just think Giannis is a strong play. I think he's he's a sensible play. You know, there's no LeBron, there's no Davis, um, you know, there's no uh, Harden, there's no Westbrook, and Luca's questionable. Those are your big dogs. Uh, and so that pretty much leaves the biggest dog on the porch by himself, and, uh, you know, I I don't want to not have him if he does throw that 70-some up on the board like I think he's possibly going to do here. It's just too tough to catch up, and you don't have somebody in a late game like a Harden or, you know, a healthy Luka uh, really to catch him. So, I think I'm going to start there. I think some Oklahoma City guys are in play. Schroeder's been great lately. He certainly is, is uh, cheap enough. Um, I really like Chris Paul, too. Chris Paul has been... This is the best ball I've seen him play in probably three, four years. I mean, he's getting it done. He gets all kinds of fantasy points all over the place. So he's he you know, contributes everywhere. He doesn't turn the ball over much. Uh, so you got to look at him. Um... You know, Shea, I'm not sure. You know, he's a young guy. This is such a hep game. I think I'd rather go with a vet. Um, I don't really like Lopez or Adams on the big side. Uh, Middleton has gotten to be super expensive now, and I don't want Bledsoe. So really, it's all about, for me, it's about Giannis and maybe a couple of pieces from the Thunder, uh, like a Schroeder, Paul, and and such. So uh, I think that game's a good game, though, and I think we're going to get a lot of DFS pluses out of it so uh, very interesting all right couple things real quickly here a uh, little past the midway point of the games um, please listen to us every day uh, you can hear us in front of the paywall our podcasts are hundred percent free seven days a week we do every main slate every game we talk about them break them down uh, and we just ask you to you know follow us uh dfscoachtalk.com you can go to to sign up to join in on uh, the membership of uh, getting discord and the lineups and all of that stuff uh, and in, and as far as the uh, listening to our podcast I'm always post I post them on Twitter every day uh, they go up everywhere podcasts can be found you can catch us uh, everywhere iTunes Google Play Stitcher Podbean iHeart Spotify and YouTube what we ask every game or every game yes every game and every day is that you rate review subscribe it means the world to us if you give us the five stars the likes the thumbs up a positive review means a lot to us and we're also having some giveaways of some one week memberships for thumbs up on youtube and positive uh... real nice uh... comments on itunes Uh, when you give us the five stars pop us up there Click the alarm bell on YouTube also because then that tells you immediately when our uh, podcasts uh, are uploaded every day. They generally come out uh, early to mid-afternoon, 1, 2-ish, somewhere in there. You know, we're, we're still just getting our feet about us with everything. And what we're finding out is, you know, when we, when we were, uh, Mike and Andrew and I were at Hoopall, we always did them the night before. And that's great because you get to hear them in the morning, and I get that. But they just weren't relevant enough. Um, you know, you didn't have all of the lines, the over-unders, all those things. You don't have all the player news that you want, which we don't have all of it right now, but certainly the majority of it. And so we felt like the best possible product we could give our listeners would come out, you know, if we come out with it mid- early to mid-afternoon, it still gives you five, four, five, six hours to listen to it whenever the, depending on the lock and this way you're getting fresh lines a fresh look new player news up to the moment and you know so that's what we're doing every day so um yeah and comment comment let us know you know tweet at us let us know if you like it or you don't you prefer morning or you know we had one uh question that came out yesterday where somebody was saying that you know they would prefer something right at the end of the day so you had the most updated news uh, and and I get that, but what we're trying to be different on is we've created this three-step process that we've utilized for over a year now, and we're all crushing it. And in doing that, we've been putting out this podcast. So in other words, we're listening and looking at all this news. We recommend you do the same, and that gives us the idea of the slate: is it good, bad? Who's in? Who's out? You know, the first. Brush through what are the lines, who are the possible blowouts, etc. etc. Then, secondly, that allows you the rest of the afternoon to keep an eye on you know the fantasy labs of the world, keep an eye on our Twitters so that you can see things that are posted if there's any scratches and any lineups that come out, any coach talk, any player restrictions. All of that stuff will come out through the afternoon, and you can easily follow that and adjust with everything you went over from this podcast and then uh the third part which is just buckling in with us that last 30 minutes uh jump on our discord you know when you when you hop on as a member uh we're gonna get those lineups posted right there in discord we're gonna be chatting with all the pros looking at that last 30 minutes of news if anything uh comes out the early games we'll know the lineup so we can talk about those on there and those that little three-step process really has become fantastic for us i mean we've been winning as far as from a cash game perspective uh in the low 70 percentile uh right now at about 72 so we've been doing great there and you know and, and we're seeing that same even on a very small sample size we're six and two so we're seeing that same type of uh carryover of statistics i think are going to be long term as well for what we're doing at dfs coach talk so join us listen to us dial us up i'm at joe sarvati j-o-e-s-a-r-v-a-d-i on twitter uh andrew's at language olympic and mike is at mike Apatria, m-i-k-e-a-p-o-t-r-i-a we're on there all the time tweet at us let us know uh what you think give us some feedback and and join the family jump on dfs coach talk with us and uh and make some money get on the money train i you'll see my little money bag and my train up there all the time that's sort of one of my favorite uh, little mottos you know i always uh, preach that success occurs when opportunity meets preparation speech like i did when i was a coach and you know that's what uh, our staff totally believes in we got a fantastic group of uh eight guys and uh, that are really working hard to make this the best uh the best provider and information for nba dfs in the industry and i'm really appreciative uh of the entire team uh they do a great job uh top to bottom uh across the board so big shout out to those guys and we'd love to have you join the team okay How about we finish this off with four more games? That's all. Last night was only a four-game slate, and here we are all the way into this, and we're only on the fourth with four games left. Uh, The last 8 o'clock game, which seems to have been never-ending of 8 o'clock games, we have Cleveland at New Orleans. Uh, The eyeballs light up here. You hear Cleveland. You hear New Orleans. You see 236.5 total, which is the highest on the board. You know neither one of these teams is very fond of playing defense. Here's the issue. The Pelicans are a 12 and half point favorite. Uh, I think that's definitely the, the biggest favorite they've been uh, post-Anthony Davis, guaranteed. Um, but they are. So, you know, is there a blowout potential there? Absolutely. Could happen. You know, we know Drummond's not playing for Cleveland. That doesn't help them. Um, plus, Cleveland's on the first night of a back-to-back. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff's the new coach there, so really the stats on back-to-backs are out the window from the way Beeline uh, coached it to the way J.B. Bickerstaff will, so can't take much stock in that, Um, you know, and New Orleans is not on a back-to-back, so that helps them there also. Uh, The implied totals are the Pelicans 124.5, that is numero uno on the uh, slate, Cleveland uh, 112. You know, I love to go against Cleveland defense, uh, especially at the guard position. So, you know, Drew Holiday and um, Lonzo Ball are definitely in play for me. I also love Brandon Ingram. You know, I almost want to just take the whole Pelicans, you know, team and just take it and run. But, I, you know, I think I think Holiday, Ball, Ingram, Hart. Um, I could roster all four of those guys in a heartbeat, and uh, two or three of those guys will, will have a good shot at making my team. Um, from the Cleveland side, um, you know, with, with Drummond out, it, it does change things. Tristan Thompson's been playing well. I think he's a good option. Uh, if Larry Nance is starting in place of uh, Drummond, we have to see if that's the case. Uh, they've used Porter in that spot which would bring Porter into play. Uh, If we can get some more news on that, see if Nance Porter's the better play there. Um, Not too crazy about the way Love has been playing lately, but certainly an option for some of you out there. So I may try to pluck one guy out of the bunch there uh, and, and try to, you know, just get a little bit of leverage, uh, a little bit, uh, from the, the Pelican side. So I get some correlation because this will be one, one of the better games to play. I believe the lines are correct here. Okay. We move to a nine o'clock game. Finally, I don't know how I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mind trying to watch four eight o'clock two 7 30 and a seven game at the same time so that's going to be tough and it's going to leak into these two nine o'clock games so it's going to be a really crazy night uh, detroit pistons at the phoenix suns uh, phoenix is on the first night of a back-to-back they're at an eight and a half point favorite with a, a low 219 and a half over under uh, 114 for phoenix 105 and a half for detroit uh Detroit's pretty pathetic. They've been playing hard though. They're trying to stay in games. Um, but they are definitely shorthanded. Um eight and a half means, you know, Vegas thinks it's gonna stay close enough that the main guys are gonna get a run. I wanna know if Brown's playing or not, because if he's not playing, I think uh Rubio and Booker are both in play. Uh Booker's certainly a great play if if uh, if Brown's not playing in my opinion um you know we know Ubre's out so I think Ayton uh deserves a look because Detroit sort of has a donut in the middle there uh trying to play maker and and a few of those uh guys uh would a little undersized at center so I think Aiton's fully in play um you know if you need a cheap guy Sarich might might deserve a look I'm not sold on Baines at this point still don't think he's playing at 100% or getting enough minutes. Uh, so those are the guys from Phoenix I think deserve a good look. On the Detroit side, I mean, you know, it doesn't look like Rose wants to really be there. I think he thought he was getting traded to a contender. He can put up monster numbers. If he chooses to give a big effort, uh, He's a 50, he could be a 50-point DFS plus score and break the slate. But if he loafs around half the time like he's been doing lately, he also can kill you because he's not dirt cheap. Uh, you know, you got to spend enough for him that it makes a dent. So, you know, the thing here is the key, though, is Detroit's 27th in pace and Phoenix is 9th. So it's a big pace-up game, which makes me want to roster uh, a Rose, and I will consider it. Uh, Svee is back. You can look at him slightly if Brown plays. Uh, I really don't want to go any deeper than that with a, a Galloways and Snell's. Um, Christian Wood has been, has put some really good numbers up. The problem is his salary is is literally double what it was uh, a month ago. So, you know, you got to pay for it if you want them. Um, and after that, I'm just not too crazy about anybody else from either team here. You know, I I could see rostering one. Uh, or one from each team maybe or just the two from phoenix uh in that group of rubio booker and Ayton. so that's where i'm going to go in that game um you know from a defensive standpoint you know they're 22nd and 16th respectively so it does make you want to roster some guys when you have uh two teams in the bottom half of the league in defensive efficiency so don't be afraid to go there um the other 9 o'clock game is, uh, you know, a dichotomy of, of uh, entire styles of play here. You've got the Wizards at the Utah Jazz, so you've got, you know, a little bit of elevation Utah-wise, great D, grunt, you know, grinded out team, Washington, who do, does not know how to spell the word defense, um, and, uh, you know, just wants to score the ball more than the other team. Uh, hence the two thirty two and a half, which is a pretty big number, but you know it's still the only the fourth highest. Slightly, you know they're close, but uh, that's because of Utah's uh, defensive prowess and and half court defensive uh, way they play the ball with Mitchell and Gobert. Pace wise, Washington's fifth in the league. Utah's twenty first. Um, so big pace up again game for Utah. Defensively, Washington, nice cozy 30th dead last. Utah's 13th, so they do get it done. Implied total for Utah, 121.5, and Washington, 111. Uh, do you ride Beal here? I mean, Beal has been playing like an absolute lunatic. Um, Back to back 50 point games on back to back nights—that doesn't happen often. I think you got to consider him. He's super expensive, though, and I don't know if targeting somebody at Utah is the best situation that you could possibly do. Um, you know, it's possible, but the question is, you know, do you want to do that? So, other than Beal, you know, I—I I guess you know you can consider. Uh, a couple of guys, but the problem is right now Napier started and Ish Smith backed him up. So I do like Napier, but I don't like the split minutes at the point. And um, you know the bigs have not been consistent since there's such a big rotation. Uh, so I'm not really not really crazy about going there. I do think this game could blow out too. I think Utah has the potential uh, to to shut Washington down a little, Washington down a little bit. Um, Can't argue with Beal, though. I mean, in general, with Washington, the guy's been out of his mind. Um, On the Utah side, yeah, they're a 10-point favorite. Um, But, uh, you know, where is that going to come from? Gobert certainly could be a big part of it. Donovan Mitchell's been on a roll, and he's been somewhat underpriced throughout the year. So he's an option as well. Um, You know, Washington being fifth pace in, in Utah 21st, it makes you... Want to go look a little deeper at a few of these Utah guys, but don't really trust Bogdanovich. Clarkson could be a good play off the bench. Uh, he could be a guy that could get it done. Conley's been picking it up a little bit as well. Um, you know, so really, that's that's about it. I, I like the game. I'm not in love with the game because I do think there's some blowout potential uh, that makes me a little bit nervous. So. Alright, last game. This is it. It starts an hour and a half every, later than every other game. It's a 10.30 Eastern game. Definitely qualifies as the hammer game, the sweat game, whatever you want to call it. You got the Denver Nuggets at the LA Clippers. The total is only 2.19 and a half, which is down there, third, uh, third lowest. Uh, Clippers are only a six-point favorite, though. So we could get some main uh, game time from the key guys here which makes it definitely interesting Uh, the total that total as far as implied for both teams you've got the Clippers at 113 and Denver at 107 and a half so pretty low over-unders I'm not spending all that money on the Joker I know that the Clippers have not defended centers well it's true but I don't want to spend that kind of money on the Joker with the Clippers defensive scheme and Doc is the coach and George and uh and uh our man Kawhi in there, etc. Um As far as any other Denver players, you know, with Pat Bev back as well, uh that takes Jamal Murray out. So I don't think I'm going any Denver to make it that simple. Um but from the Clippers side, I think you gotta you gotta look at a few things that that make some sense here, in my opinion. And you know, if you're gonna spend up for another guy, uh, I think you gotta consider Kawhi, just because if this game sto- stays close, they're not on either side of a, a back-to-back. Um, he is gonna be their leader out there. Uh, Paul George also, you know, uh, we need to just double check any late news if there's any minutes restrictions or anything because he was restricted uh, last week uh, to minutes. And that a lot of that news didn't come out till after lock. So we need to dig in uh, tort from now up until uh, lock time to make sure on the way that goes. Um, you know, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell always can be a threat off the bench, always have the potential of somewhat breaking a slate, uh, don't, but definitely both can be considered. Um, so, you know, I, again, I don't ever recommend playing a guy or two in a game just because it's the late night game uh, that you don't want to get passed by a bunch of people. If you've, if you've played the very best lineup that you have built, whether it includes anybody or not from that last game should not have any type of bearing on what that final lineup is. So, you know, I'm not going to force guys in this game. I do want to have one or two Clippers because I think they're going to play this game solid. Denver is not the same team on the road as they are at home. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to get starting to get it together a little bit now that they've got a lot of the guys back. Uh, and they added a few bodies that are also helping. Uh you know, that's the only one thing about the Clippers with guys like Reggie Jackson and, and Markeith Morris coming in, it does take a little bit of usage away, uh, but not really from Kawhi and George. It takes it more from the periphery guys uh that are playing. So you know where where those secondary guys might have been in play the shamits and all of those guys are really not anymore um and i just wouldn't recommend going too deep down that roster after the two main guys so that's it man 10 gamer by myself best i could do for you hopefully it gave you some insight into all kinds of different things we went over so much i can't even review it in one deal but uh, but we I love the fact that you guys jumped on with me. I hope we start a nice three day weekend with a, a big crushing wins today, where we knock knock some, take some tournament downs, and uh, you know uh, really hit some some head to heads and fifty fifties and build that bankroll. So uh, check us out dfscoachtalk.com. Uh, become a member there to hit the subscribe button. Jump on. Please listen to us on the pods. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at DFS, Co- at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, I already gave our, our three pros uh, Twitter handles on there. And, uh, you know, we like to close towards the end of each show. You know, we, we got motivated to to launch DFS Coach Talk from, you know, as part of that whole uh, incredible loss of, of uh, Kobe and his daughter. And so we, you know, we, we like to uh, give back a lot, uh, and that's a, an important part of what we do, uh, all of us at DFS Coach Talk. And every time we have a winning night, you know, we take a percentage of that and we donate it to a great fund. It's called mambaon dot org. All spelled out, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. And it that was set up by Vanessa Bryant uh, to help the families of the other seven people that lost their lives that day in that hell on that helicopter. So uh f- you know please give to that and uh you know the basketball community was affected by that and we we all want to pitch in uh and help. So that is it. I am going to get this thing uh, ready to, to download and get up there, upload, I should say, and, and, uh, out there so everybody can listen to it. So I want to really appreciate each of you and thank you for joining me for another episode of DFS coach talk. I am coach. We will look to join you again tomorrow when we crush it in NBA DFS.
1: gets better steadily, you know. Uh, game after game, uh, month after month, um, you know. We knew when he came in to the league, we we're gonna have this dynamic playmaker. Obviously, yeah. our offense, you know, we're gonna be a team that plays a great pace and space. I think he's really embraced that. He's kind of led the charge for us. You know, the assist totals, his you know paint finishing, but also now he's starting to shoot the three ball a little bit better. You know, close to 40 you percent know, three point shooter. He's shooting it with more confidence. You know, getting better defensively. Um, it's a kid that gets better every single day, and that's what I enjoy about you know working with him. Super Bowl, uh, coachable kid. Um, in a short amount of time, he's learned so much. And now you see, you know, teams are throwing a lot at him. You know, he's probably at the top of, you know, opponent scatter reports. He's seen different coverages throughout any given single game, different matchups. Uh, he's having to learn on the fly. And I think from a game to game standpoint, he really, you know, dives into, you know, how teams are covering him and how he can be effective, not just as a scorer, but as also a playmaker, a guy that racks up a lot of assists for us. Is this a-